in Jesus' name. Take over part number five. Take over part number five. Where do we go from here? It's going to be an awesome lesson on the day. I am excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Are you excited about the blessing of the Lord flowing in your life? Amen. Let's go to the book of Joshua, chapter number six. Chapter number six. Chapter number six. Chapter number six. I'm going to do just a little reading down to verse number nine. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. It is my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now Jericho was tightly shut because the sons of Israel, no one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands with it, with its king and the valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war circling it, circling the city once. You shall do this for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. Then on the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpets. It shall be that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and all the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up every man straight ahead. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and let the seven priests carry seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. Verse number seven. Then he said to the people, Go forward and march around the city and let the armed men go on before the Ark of the Lord. And it was so that when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord went forward and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. The armed men went before the priest who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came after them while they continued to blow the trumpets. But Joshua commanded the people, you shall not shout nor let your voice be heard nor let a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I tell you, shout, then you shall shout. Verse number 11, so he had the ark of the Lord taken around the city, circling it once. Then they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Now Joshua arose early in the morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests and the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets and the armed men went before them and the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while they continued to blow their trumpets. I want you to go back. I want you to go back to verse number seven. Verse number seven. Then he said to the people, go forward and march around the city and let the armed men go on before the ark of the Lord. Where do we go from here? It's the title of our sermon today as we conclude a wonderful and powerful, you can take your seats as we conclude a wonderful series that we've been in called The Takeover. Where do we go from here when we think about this, our, our thought on today, thinking of all of the things that, that we've been through in our life? When we look at it, where do we go from here? How do we start from here? How do we start from here? It, it, it's so important that we begin to look at this from the place of understanding that we've already crossed over, we've already been through it, we've already been taken out of the wilderness, the Lord has removed the reproach from our name, 
He's removed the reproach of bondage. He's removed the reproach of disobedience and dishonor. He's removed the reproach of shame and guilt off of our lives. And a lot of times in life, we tend to become stagnated. We tend to become settled and comfortable because we've achieved some things in our life. It's been a long journey, been a long storm, been a long fight, a long battle. And so at times we become comfortable in just crossing over. We become comfortable that now that we're able to eat off of the fruit of the land, there's no more manna, and we become comfortable, not understanding that crossing over was something that we were supposed to do. We didn't do anything special. We didn't achieve anything that was just so great. It was a part of the plan of God. It was a part of the process. Crossing over was a part of the process, but the process doesn't end as you cross over. It's just beginning. One chapter ends and another chapter begins. And so we now see that as they were celebrating in chapter number five, as they were celebrating and they were celebrating the Passover, they were able to eat off of the land. Manna had ceased the day after that. Joshua is Joshua encounters an angel. He sees an angel. He looks up and he says to the angel, are you here for us? The angel responds to him and says, no, I want you to spy out and go get Jericho. He tells him, I want you to take your shoes off of your feet because the place that you're standing is holy ground. And we can see that the Lord comes and this angel, he speaks to Joshua and he says, I need you to understand I have now given you the city of Jericho. I've given you the city of Jericho. And he gives it to him. He gives them clear and precise instructions. I want you to command the priest. And if you can see what's happening here, um, they didn't have to fight anybody uh, for quite some time. As they came out of the wilderness, they were in the wilderness. They didn't have to fight the Egyptians coming out of Egypt. They were able to cross over. As they're crossing over into Jordan, again, they didn't have to fight. Why? Because the Lord cut off the waters. And what did he use to allow them uh, to cross over in this season of miracles? He used the presence of God. If you can see, the presence of God is very active in the life of Joshua and the sons of Israel. He commands the priest to do what? He commands the priest, take me before the people. As I've taught you, the presence of God and worship should always precede every move that is getting ready to take place in your life. Worship precedes every move of God. A real move of God is always preceded by his presence. He's already gone before you. He's already behind you. He's already on the side of you. But the main focus is that he's gone before you. He's well in front of you. He now tells the priest, I want you to carry me. He, then he says, I want you to grab seven priests and I want you to have them grab seven ram's horns so that they can bless blow the trumpets. And then he tells the people, I want you to assemble yourselves and be prepared. And then he says, I want the men of war to go before the ark of the presence of the Lord. So there's a lot of things that are happening in this narrative. There's a lot of assignments that are happening. If we really wanted to just break this down and make this out of a series, uh, we could begin to title it and talk about knowing your assignment, knowing your grace lane knowing what you've been called to do. Everybody's not assigned to carry the presence. Some people are assigned to blow the trumpet. Some are assigned to war. Some are assigned to just walk around the wall. But here it is. He commands the people to do certain things. And when we look at our lives, where do we go from here? How many of you have really answered this question in your life over the last 30 days? Where do I go from here? Where am I going from here? I, I've reached financial breakthrough. Where do I go from here? I, I've reached some achievements in my life. Where do I go from here? I, I've done some things in my life that I didn't believe that I could do. Where do I go from here? It's not the season to become lax. It's not the season to feel as if you have arrived and you don't have any more work to do. Guess what? Your work has just begun. 
Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? When we think about it, these, these voices that are speaking throughout the narrative, God speaks to Joshua. Joshua, in return, speaks to the people. As I taught you in the beginning of this series, God always confirms and affirms and validates his voice through his spoken leader. As you're reading and you're understanding this story, Joshua is the leader. And everything that he says, God has already said it to him. So I want to take you into this lesson today. Where do we go from here? I want you to think about it. Where do we go from here? Where are you sitting at in this moment in your life? You've crossed over the Jordan. Where are you sitting at in your life? Where do we go from here? Number one, we're going forward. When we look at that word forward, the definition of forward is moving or leaning in towards the position of moving from one place to another, from one permanent place to the next place that goes beyond where you are now. Moving on. I thought about this. Moving on from relationships, a bad relationship moving on from another job that you've been at years in your life, moving on from a place in your life, moving on in a place in your life that you've been for quite some time. When you move on, it means that you have to leave something behind. When you move on, it means that you have to move forward. If you're going to move forward, it means that your, your position, your posture, and your mindset has to change. If you're going to move forward, it means that you've got to be prepared to leave some good things behind, not just bad things. Because when we think about moving on, a lot of times we simply think about just leaving bad things behind. You've got to leave some good people behind. You've got to leave some good jobs behind. You might have to leave good money behind. You, you might have to leave some good things behind so that you can gain access to the new things that God wants you to have moving forward. We're moving forward. How, how are we going to move forward? We cannot settle for where we are now. God has more for us to do. That's why I asked you the question, where do we go from here? Because many of us uh, desire to just remain in the permanent place of just crossing over. Many of us are satisfied with just coming out of Egypt. Many of us are satisfied with just living in the wilderness and the Lord is providing miracles supernaturally every day. But the entire goal is for us not to become settled in just remaining in one place he's actively the presence of God should actively cause you to move forward in your life so that you don't settle this is just the beginning of what God has promised this is more there is more to possess than what you have in your hands right now. I know that you've experienced the breakthrough. I know that you've just celebrated the championship. I, I know that you've just celebrated coming out of this wilderness state in your life. But what you have in your hands is not all that God wants you to have in your hands. You only have a portion of what God wants you to have. So don't settle here. Don't just stay here and don't just sit there and believe that what you've done over the last 30 days, over the last 90 days, that's all God wants you to have. No, God wants you to have all of it. God wants you to have a portion and he's going to give it to you. But guess what? You've got to move forward into the things of God. <coughs> Note the promises of God the promises of God requires that we remain in a place <coughs> excuse me of constantly moving forward so that we may obtain the prize let me take a drink here <coughs> for the sons of Israel <coughs> it was the promise of resting in God Thank you, Jesus. 
the promises of God requires that we remain in a place of constantly moving forward so that we may obtain the prize, which for the sons of Israel was the promise of resting in God. Did you hear it? That's why you got to constantly move forward. Why? Because the promise that God wants you to maintain and the promise that God wants you to obtain is getting to the place where you're able to rest, where you're able to rest in the promises of God. Not just the promise of crossing over, but the promises of God. The promises. Don't settle. Don't negate the more that God wants to give you. Where do we go from here? We're not going back over there. I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not ever going to be in that type of bondage in my life another day. I'm never going to be broke. I'm never going to be sick like that. I'm never going to be in these bad relationships. I'm, I'm not going to mismanage my money. I'm not going to mismanage my health. Now that I've learned what it means to be free in God without the shame and without the guilt and without condemnation, I ain't going back over there. That, I ain't going back over there. We can guarantee. I would rather just sit here than go back across the river. And guess what? You can't go back across the river. Why? Because you built stones to remind you that you can never cross back over. You built a memorial already stating that I cannot go back this way. Where do we go from here? We're moving forward. You can't settle, but then you cannot become stagnated. Don't become stagnant. In what God has given you. What has he given you? He's given you the city of Jericho. Jericho is a city that had to be con that had to be conquered because to get to the fullness of the promise, they had to go through Jericho. You have to go through a Jericho season in your life. Don't become stagnant on the outsides of the wall where you become mesmerized and say, oh, that's a beautiful city. And I wish I could get over there. I wish I could see what was on the inside. No, no, no. no. You got to understand. You got to move forward. You cannot settle and don't become stagnated in what God has given you. Don't become stagnated. And what God wants you to have. He just doesn't want you to have the outside of the land. But he wants you to have the land and everything that's on the inside of the entire city belongs to you. Where do we go from here? Don't become stagnant. Become stagnant in what God has given you. And what God wants you to have. The promises of God require that we remain in a place of pursuing all that God has given into your hands. Our ability to do what? To remain active and pursuant of our Jericho keeps you and I from the moments and places of idleness and laziness. I have to go through Jericho if I'm going to obtain the rest and the promises of God. I, I, I've got I've to win Jericho if I'm going to reach my full potential. Hmm. Getting across to the other side was just the start of the promise. It was not the fulfillment of the promise. Can I give it to you? And, and, I, and I simply repent to you all because we've really been teaching the promise the wrong way. If you can see that they did not get all of the promise when they crossed over, they simply just walked into the outer portion of their promise. And many of us have been living on the outer portion of our promise. You, you've just been living off of the fruit of the land on the outside of promise. You, you've been living on the outside of the force field of the promise. You, you've not knocked down the wall so that you could conquer the entire land. You've got to conquer Jericho if you're really going to live in promise. Jericho was standing in their way. Remember that unproductive and inactive promises 
lead to slothful delays that hinder you and I from moving forward. Did you hear that? The moment that your promise becomes inactive, the, moments, the moment that your promise becomes in a place where you have too much idle time on your hands and you're just sitting there grazing on the outside of on what? Of until ground. You're, 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 you're just sitting there. You're comfortable being lazy. You're comfortable procrastinating. You're comfortable and you're idle. And idle time, what an idle mind gets you in trouble. Because now you start thinking about things that you shouldn't be thinking about. Now you start dabbling in things. and Now you start trying to picking your way, going back, and you start bringing those bad habits that you got rid of when you were on the other side. And now those same bad habits find you in the promise of God. You've already had the reproach of God removed from your name. Don't allow slothfulness to, dis, to, to sway you from moving forward. Don't allow fear. Don't allow doubt and unbelief. Here it is. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to do what? To prosper you and not harm you. Here it is. Plans to give you hope and a future. The moment that you decide to go forward, God's plans of hope and your future will become active in your life. But as long as you sit there in the middle and on the outside of the wall of Jericho, your plans are the plans and the hope of God and your future are inactive. The future is not for you to just cross over. The future is not for you to just sit there. The future was not for you to just dwell in the wilderness and then go around and say, well, God did it. God did it. He brought me out. No, no, no. He didn't just bring you out. He's bringing you into the next season of your life. The season of resting in the promises of God. Did you hear it? Learning how to move forward. The promises is that, and we go back to that. You've got to be able to press toward the goal of the prize. When you move forward, you got to press towards. you got, you got to press your way. you got to make your way. Get up and do what God has called you to do. If it's losing weight, you got to make sure that you press your way to keep losing losing weight. You got to make sure that when you get tired, you got to get to that gym, Freddie. You got to get up and get to the gym. You got to get up and do what you need to do. Why? Because the moment that you press, the moment that you move forward, your plans and your future opens up to you. You can see better. You feel better. I was in that pool the other night and I'm pushing and I'm pushing and I'm pushing, trying to make sure that I reach my goal of doing 10 good laps. And man, I got to eight and I'm saying, I can stop right here. And I'm like, no, 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 I got to reach 10. I got to reach 10. I, I got to reach 10. Every week I got to reach 10. I got to go beyond the week before. I get to nine and I'm just tired and my legs are sore. And I'm saying, man, man, but I can see the future opening up for me. If I can get back down to the other side, side I can meet my goal I can win the prize of doing what of moving forward but if I would have just stayed at nine I would have been okay because they tell you when your body gets tired and, but guess what pain is the defeat of weakness <laughs> did you hear it your pain represents that weakness when you're working out, they teach you your pain is the, is the sign that weakness is leaving your body. And every time I swam a lap, my breath became easy, became easy. But the soreness started to fill in into my legs and my arms. I pushed down the 10. When I came up out of the water, I was like, I did it. I did it. And now guess what? You can't just stop at 10. Now you got to make 12. Now you got to make 14. 
They got to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going until you get to the place where you can just swim, 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 where it becomes so easy because you're now resting in the grace of God. You're now resting in the fulfillment of what God has placed in your life. Not only do we go forward, but where do we go from here? Where are we going? We're going forward, but pastor, we're going forward. Where are we going forward? How are we going to go forward? There is a wall. There is a city. What are we going to do? The Lord said, take trumpets. The Lord says, march. Here we go again, doing crazy stuff. By faith. Where do we go from here? We're going to go around. We're getting ready to go around this wall when you look at the definition of around to encircle or enclose on all sides to surround in a circle or circumference on all sides by placing the target object or person as the focal point or center of attention whatever you're going around it means that something has to be in the middle what's in the middle the wall What's in the middle? An object that's hindering me. What's in the middle? Something that's delaying me. Something that's causing me to not have full access. When you go around something, it means that there's something in the middle that is stopping you from going through. It's crazy. They went around the same mountain for 40 years, went around the same mountain, around the same place. They walked in a circle, a circle. Can you imagine just walking in a circle for 40 years? Look at what God is doing. I want you to walk around the wall. I want you to walk around this wall. Joshua commands them and he commands the people as they surround the walls of Jericho by giving them clear instructions of what not to do. It's easy to tell you what to do, but he says, I need to give you instructions on what you will not do as you march around this wall. We're moving forward. We're breaking the places of stagnation and procrastination, but now you're telling us to march around a wall. That don't, that don't make a bit of sense. You're, you're telling us that you've given us the city, but now I got to march around a wall. The Bible says that the city was, it was tightly shut in and out. Nobody went in and nobody came out. That meant that the people on the inside of the wall were secure enough that nobody could get in. It was so secure that they themselves could not even get out. That, now that's crazy right there. That you lock yourself, that's a message in itself. That you lock yourself in and you can't even get out. You lock yourself in, you don't have any exits. You didn't fireproof your escape. Lock themselves in. And so the Lord says, I need to create another miracle. I need to show you that it's never going to be about you. It's always going to be about me. But guess what? I'm going to allow you to be an active participant in the miracles that I create for you. You're just not going to stand on the wall. No, you're going to work for this miracle. You're going to worship for this miracle. You're going to honor me for this, this miracle. You're going to praise me. You're going to adore me. You're going to magnify me. You're going to bless me. We're going to do it together. God and the people. Joshua tells the people in verse number 10, you shall not shout. As we go around the walls in this time and place, we must be able to maintain our composure. Somebody say composure. Say it again, composure. Sometimes the excitement within us can push us to expose our weapon of victory too early. The shouting of the people 
was to come at a certain time and if done before the appointed time, say the appointed time, it would have aborted the victory and the miracle that God had in store for them. The appointed time. When we think about it, there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under the heavens. Ecclesiastics 3 and 1. There is an appointed time. He's telling them as you assemble, as each and every one of us prepare to walk around this wall, you cannot shout right now. I, I know that you heard the instructions that on the seventh day at the long blast that you hear from the trumpets, you shall shout, but you cannot shout right now. You got to hold your shout. When's the last time you actually prepared to shout? When's the last time you actually set up, I'm getting ready to shout, and I'm going to shout every Friday at 6 o'clock. And you prepare yourself all week long, and you're sitting there, and you're waiting on the clock, 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 and it ticks at 6, and you shout. You prepared something to ex you, you prepared something to happen in your life. The blessing of the Lord has to be anticipated. You've got to prepare for the blessing of the Lord. You can't just expect the blessing of the Lord. You've got to prepare. How are we preparing to take this city over? We're getting ready to go around the wall, but we cannot shout. You've got to learn how to follow instructions. You've got to learn how to follow instructions. There comes a moment in your life where you cannot lean to your own understanding, where you cannot allow your own intellect, where you cannot allow your own wisdom to tell you what God has told you not to do. He said, shut your mouth and don't shout. I don't care what they're saying right now. Don't shout. No, 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 no. Don't shout. Don't shout. A lot of times we go into services especially in the African-American community, and we will conjure up a shout. We will conjure up the, 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 come on, come on, man, come on, conjure up that shout, man. We'll, we'll push the preacher to make you shout, and we'll do all of that stuff, man. No, you gotta give me some shout music like we get ready to shout. We make up a shout when it ain't time to shout. All because we feel we have in church. Oh, the presence of the Lord is here. I know that God is going to be with you. And everybody gets ready to shout. What you shouting for? What you shouting for? Why are you shouting? What's the reason you're shouting? Can you tell me what's the reason you're shouting? And can you tell me that when you're done shouting, did the wall fall? Or is the wall still standing? Because you're still in a circle shouting on the first day. When he said, wait till the seventh day on the seventh time. <laughs> See, he was very clear. He says, don't shout. It's very important that we learn how to shout at the right times. Shouting at the wrong time can interrupt the flow and process of overtaking our enemy. If you shout too early, it will alert your enemy. If you shout too early, it will throw the cadence off of everybody that's marching in place. Know how to learn to just be quiet. Know how to hold your shout. Number two, he says, nor let your voice be heard. All of this is in verse number 10. As you go around the wall, nor let your voices be heard. As we go around the wall, it's important that we don't become distracted in the process, that we begin to say things out of our mouths that will bring confusion and distress amongst the rank of our peers and family. Joshua understood that having the people walk around the city, walk around the wall and the city of Jericho was a huge task at hand. Knowing the mentality of his people, he warns them and he, he speaks to them. Don't allow your voice to be heard. Now that don't make sense. You're telling me I got to march around a wall, a city, 
This was a city. It was not a room. It was not a bedroom. It was not your basement. It was a city. A city. Could you imagine the Lord say, I want y'all to march around the city of Solon. Are you serious? For seven days. Don't shout. Don't let nobody hear you say a word. Keep your mouth closed for seven days. That is a task. That is a form of, of attention that you need to give in your worship. Because how loud are we in the presence of God on so many occasions that we're so loud that we never hear him whisper and say, be careful when you go home. But because you're worshiping and crying and all of the other stuff and shut up. Don't say nothing. As you move forward in this season, don't allow your feelings to get the best of you. Remain focused. Don't allow the journey and the task at hand to bring you to a place of discouragement. Stay in place. Don't allow your victory to be smeared by your selfish ambitions to do things your way. You're not the only one in line. Did you hear me? You are not the only one marching. We're all marching at the same time. And you get that one person. I'm getting ready to do what I want to do. I'm tired of this. Keep your mouth closed. Keep that thought to yourself. Joshua understood the temperament of his people, remembering that during their wilderness years, the sons of Israel were known for voicing their displeasure and unhappiness against Moses and Aaron through forms of mumbling and complaints that went throughout the entire generation. Be slow to speak, quick to hear. James chapter 1 verse 9 you need, to, you, you, you need to make a note right there be very clear that you can cause everybody to lose the battle because you are selfish because you're not focused because you jump out of lane you jump out of your lane and you jump out of your place and you mess the entire cadence up that means that everybody has to now look down and start all over again how many times have we been distracted when God simply says, just walk around the wall. Keep your eyes on the prize. Don't become stagnated. Don't start falling and tripping over yourself. No, just keep looking ahead. Just keep looking at the person in front of you. And as long as you can see the people in front of you are still in rank and still in form, don't lean to your own understanding. I need you to just be quiet nor let a word proceed out of your mouth, verse number 10. As we go around the wall of a guaranteed victory, keeping our words to ourselves and not allowing them to proceed out of our mouth is going to be the key to our forward progress. Here it is, Psalm, Proverbs 13, 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. Don't shout. Keep your mouth closed and don't let a word proceed out of your mouth. I don't care if it gets hard. Just bite your tongue. Hum. Do something. But don't say it. Don't allow the issue that's in your heart. It says it in Proverbs. It says it right there. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. As we go around the wall of guaranteed victory, maintaining our silence is needed for this current miracle to take place. Why? Because my silence is a test of your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Your silence is a test of your obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. 
Your silence is a test of your strength and peace. A steadfast mind will keep you in perfect peace. Why? Because I'm trusting in God. I'm trusting in the process. Where do we go from here? We're getting ready to go forward and around this wall, but the ending is going to work out on my behalf. The ending after all is said and done going forward and around those walls that stand between you and I and your destiny will bring you to a place where you will one day have a moment to simply exhale and release a shout that will cave in the walls in on your enemy. We're getting ready to go forward and around, but I'm at the moment where I'm getting ready to exhale and release hell on the enemy right now. Everything that belongs to me, it belongs to me, and God is getting ready to use the greatest weapon of praise, the greatest weapon of worship. You've been silent long enough. Marching around the wall has been long enough. Walking in this line has been long enough. Keeping your feelings and emotions to yourself has been long enough. I'm tired of being quiet. I'm tired of walking. I'm tired of going in circles. I'm tired, but you're at a point where God is getting ready to allow breakthrough to happen in your life. Uh, come on now. Holding those words in frust frustration and aggravation has been long enough, but I need you to look around, Rock Church, and see what you've accomplished. I need you to look around and see what you've accomplished. We're coming up on five years, and it seems like we've been in a circle for the last 13 months. It seems like we've been in a circle. It seems like the promises of God have been yay and nay for us, but God God has had us in a place where we had to be quiet when they lied on us and said that they kicked us out of the building because we wasn't paying our rent. We had to shut our mouth. When they kicked us out, we had to shut our mouth. When they mistreated us, we had to shut our mouth. When we could have went to City Hall and raised all type of sand, we had to shut our mouth because we were around the wall and complaining and murmuring and backbiting and bitterness and unforgiveness was not the plan of God. I simply needed you to rest in the promises of God. You're getting ready. Getting ready, getting, getting, getting ready, getting, getting ready. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to lay into them. I wanted to tell them off because they lied. Didn't lie on me. You lied on the presence of God. But look at me now. Say what you will. Say what you want. Seven days might be a long time. Seven years might be a long time for anybody to walk around the same wall. Seven minutes, oh Rabbi, can be too long when you know that it's your time to get what belongs to you. But you keep hearing God say, wait, just walk around the wall. You keep hearing him, don't say a word until I release you. But look around and see that you've made it. It's the seventh day. It's the last time around the wall. Remember, you only had to be quiet until you reach that moment where you hear the long blast of the trumpet I need you to take off the guard of your mouth and I need you to begin to shout I need you to shout right now I need you to open up your mouth and shout right now it ain't time to be quiet it ain't time to be pretty you had seven days to walk around you had seven days to walk around and look pretty but it's time to open up your mouth and shout I need you to shout right now. I need you to shout right now. Give me a tremble. I need you to open up your mouth and shout right now. Shout, shout, shout. Come on, shout, 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 shout.
Don't hold back. Shout, you've been waiting too long. Shout for God has given us the city. Shout for the walls of depression have caved in. Shout for the walls of suicide have fallen. The walls of divorce. The walls of unforgiveness. The walls of no more money. The walls of brokenness. The walls of lack. I need you to shout for the walls have caved in. You made it. The takeover has happened. The walls have fallen in on your enemy. It's time to shout, 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 shout with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Shout, shout, shout. Whoa. Shout now. Shout now. I never seen somebody shouting and you're sitting down. I never seen somebody celebrating and you're sitting down. If you know that the walls have caved in on your behalf, shout now. Shout now. Shout. 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 Shout! Hey, shout, shout, shout! Shout, shout, shout! Shout, shout! See, the problem here, because we've learned to shout at the wrong time, we don't know how to shout at the right time. And you sitting there being all cute. Praise him. Nobody asked you to say praise him. He said shout. Somebody that shouts looks crazy. When you shout, your voice doesn't sound right. Uh, uh, there, there is no, there is no right way to shout. Shout. If you know that the walls have just caved in on your life, on your enemy, the enemy that comes to kill you, to destroy you. Because here's the, the thing to the story. When they shouted, the walls and the bricks didn't fall outwardly. They fell in. Y'all hear it? Come on, son. I'm prophetically prophesying to you today that what you've been walking around has now become your footstool. I'm getting ready to walk on the head of the enemy. I'm getting ready to step over into a city and I'm going to destroy everything that doesn't look like God. The only thing that I can take is the silver and gold, but destroy everything. But don't forget that when you started out, come on. It was a lady by the name of Rahab that got us here. Don't forget when you go and grab her family. Savor. But here's the, here's the context of the whole message. The walls caved in. And all the men went straight forward. The army was already at the wall. Already in position to charge. That's why you got to move forward. That's why you got to be in place. That's why you got to manage your position. That's why you have to honor your posture in the presence of God. You have to be at a moment's notice when God says charge. You, you gotta be, you gotta be in a place where you can send your angels at a moment's notice. Charge. The, the walls have fallen. I, I need you to, I need you to go before me. The walls are caving in. They just fell in. 
Whatever you've been facing, I want you to lift your hands and say, I'm going to get my stuff. Victory belongs to him. So we put our hope and we put our trust in him. Come on. If you got your $25 takeover seed, I'm going to do mine by way of giving five. If you got your $25 takeover seed, I want you to just lift your hands. Come on. Wherever you are, your $25 takeover seed, if you've already given it online, I want you to turn your phone on. It's important. It's important. If you don't have it today, I want you to bring it back next week. I don't care what you have to do. You, this is the first time that you hear me say this. This is not a season to reason with your seed. $25 opening up massive increase for you. I want you to make the sacrifice. I want you to go home today and I want you to bombard the Lord and say, I need to sow that $25 seed. I, I need these gates to remain open for me. Your seed is going to create a harvest for you. Come on, I need everybody standing on your feet now. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Lift up your hands. Come on, I need you to respond with me today. The enemy, God is going to put seed in your hand. I'm prophesying it. I'm declaring it. He's going to put $25 extra in your hands that you will be able to sow into your massive increase. It's your takeover miracle breakthrough seed. It is. It's for you. It's not for me. It's for our church. It's for your generations. Come on now. Come on. Come on. I want you to make the sacrifice this week. God is going to put it in your hands. When the Lord speaks to us, we've got to be able to respond, church. We, we've got to be able to respond immediately. $25. $25. You've probably spent that three or four times, but here it is. I want you to be prepared. As you bring that and offer it to the Lord, let the blessing of the Lord make rich in your life. Addeth no sorrow in Jesus' name. We pray now. May the blessing of the Lord be upon you, ma'am and your daughter. Oh, okay. I thought you were leaving. I'm sorry. I want to make sure that we bless people that come. In Jesus' name. Come on, sow your seed. If you have it, if you're sowing it by way of your phone, sow that seed now. In Jesus' name. $25. I want you to make that declaration over your life that by next Sunday, you're going to sow that seed. You're going to sow that seed. We're in a season well, the man of God has been praying over us every Sunday for financial breakthrough. Financial breakthrough. Financial recovery. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We're going to continue it. We're in a season of financial breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Teach us, Lord, how to manage our success, our money, our wealth, our savings. Teach us.